This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. everyone and welcome to the final episode of season five of the teacher wellbeing podcast i had planned to make this an episode on stress sleep and anxiety but as you can probably tell from the title in your podcatcher that's not what this episode is about i will definitely do an episode on the complex relationship between stress sleep and anxiety and how they all interact with each other and feed into each other I'll do that in the next season, but today I have something else I want to share with you. However, if you are desperate for some information about that topic, then I recommend checking out the Preventing Burnout webinar in the Freebies Library on the Resource Room, which you can find at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. So, a quick reminder, the Freebies Library is a vault of free resources that you can use to support your health and well-being as a person first and a teacher second. I've done a bunch of free trainings this year that you can find in there. You can find the replays, including that Preventing Burnout webinar. And there's also one on roadblocks to well-being and healthy habit hacks and well-being rituals. So there's heaps in there for you. There's also some worksheets to help you with your healthy habits, plus to track your work hours. Because as you probably know, if you have been listening, I believe that tracking your work hours is one of the most important habits that you can do to cultivate more work-life balance. So there's all that and more in the freebies library, and I highly recommend that you check it out. It's great because it's free, right? But it's also great because it's a lot of training and resources that you can access on demand when you feel you need it at a time that suits you and from the comfort of your own home or actually from anywhere. That's the beauty of the internet, right? That's why I created Self-Care for Teachers as a well-being hub that you can access from anywhere. So, that's all at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library, and I'll pop a link in the description of this episode in your podcatcher and in the show notes on the website as well. Plus, the other bonus about signing up for the freebies library is you will then also be on the Self-Care for Teachers newsletter list, which I highly recommend you jump on because that's how you can stay up to date between seasons. And as we are at the end of season five of the podcast, That's a good place to start. Now would be a good time to jump in and do that and stay up to date. Because if you aren't already on that and getting my updates, then you might have missed the epic blog post that I shared last month in July about the lessons that I've learned from four years of running self-care for teachers. It has been a bit of a roller coaster, I can tell you, but a lot of stuff has clicked into place for me in the last couple of months and I have a renewed vision and focus going forwards. And actually, there have been even more ahas for me since I published that blog post. So today, I want to share with you many of those lessons from the last four years of self-care for teachers, as well as a bit about my immediate focus going forward between now and the next season of the podcast and through the end of the year. And then at the end of this episode, I will also share a list of ways that you can stay in touch with me and contribute to the self-care for teachers mission, plus some next steps if you have been wanting to work with me. So now, without further ado, here are my lessons from four years of self-care for teachers. 
So some of what I'm going to cover, my goals first when I started and now, my vision, my journey to get here, the calling that I feel about self-care for teachers and the changes that are coming to self-care for teachers in the next couple of months. I'm going to tell you why I even bother, right? Because that is something people do ask me. And I'm going to talk to you about what I'm going to do next and how you can help with that as well. So, Self-Care for Teachers was born four years ago while I was on my honeymoon in Iceland. We were visiting Thingvella National Park, walking through the gorge that is literally between two tectonic plates, which is just mind-blowing in and of itself. And I was struck by a call. I don't really have words for it even now. It's very, very hard to articulate. I remember Stuart, my husband, going off to investigate something in the vicinity And I remember sitting on a park bench frantically trying to get my thumbs to keep up with my brain as I typed all my ideas into my phone's notes app. So that's how it started. Basically, it was this calling that I had between two tectonic plates in Iceland. And of course, I didn't do anything about it right then there because we were on holiday. But when I came home, I started taking action. And a lot has happened in those four years. I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately. July is a huge month for me every year. It's full of anniversaries, not just the birth of self-care for teachers and my honeymoon and a couple of other overseas trips that we've had over the years because, of course, it's, you know, the, the winter school holidays in Australia. So, it's a great time to go away and go overseas. But it's also the month that is the anniversary of my thyroid cancer diagnosis, which was nine years ago now and the series of surgeries that I had there. It's the anniversary of the unexpected loss of my cousin five years ago, which was a pretty pivotal moment in my life as well. And also the anniversary now of the dog bite that sent me into a bit of a tailspin this time last year, which the further away I get from it, the more I can see how much that really shook my foundations in life as well. So over the last 12 months, some things have shifted significantly for me or rather fallen into place more clearly. I have realized very strongly that I can't keep running self-care for teachers on the smell of an oily rag and my own blood, sweat, and tears. It's just unsustainable. It can't keep happening like that. I've also realized that I can't keep doing everything myself. The first step in that aha was outsourcing the editing of the podcast, which you know I'm so grateful that I was able to do through the crowdfunding efforts that I did earlier in 2019 to fund season five. And now, obviously, I'm looking at doing that again for season six, and I'm looking at getting some help with admin and tech tasks and things as well, because While I can do them, I'm pretty slow at them and they often get put off indefinitely. So, obviously, I'm looking at just making that all happen without me having to be the bottleneck in that system. And finally, I've really realized that if I don't seriously look at monetizing self-care for teachers properly, so taking it from a hobby business to a real business, (laughs) then I'll never get to the point where I can make the difference that I want to make or enact the vision that I have for my life and frankly, the vision that I have for Australia. And I find that really cringeworthy saying that out loud, but it's true. I do have a vision for our country and it's scary AF, but it's the truth. That's the truth. I have a vision for this country and for education in this country and for teachers in this country, and it won't leave me alone, right? It keeps knocking on my door. So, there are some changes coming to self-care for teachers over the coming months Good ones, I believe, but also really necessary ones if this thing, whatever it is, is to survive another four years or even 40 because my vision is not a 
get it all done by next Tuesday thing. It's a long-term vision. So let's touch on my goals, where they were when I started and what they are now. As some of you will know, Self-Care for Teachers initially began its life as a Facebook support group, which is now archived. And it took me about six months from getting back from that honeymoon to set up the Facebook page and the first version of the website and all of those bits and pieces. But I set up the Facebook group straight away and it went gangbusters pretty quickly. I was still teaching at the time and I didn't have a lot of time or money or expertise, but I very slowly began to teach myself how to put things out there online and I did everything DIY. And that is a habit, like I said, I I have to actually break that now if things are going to go to the next stage. So, at the time, I had two concrete goals. Number one was make a consistent contribution to the teacher wellbeing conversation in Australia as a trusted authority and an advisor on the subject. And number two was to replace my teaching income, which was at the time that I made the goal, it was 60% of a full-time income. I was working 0.6 because, as you know, I have some health conditions that mean that full-time work is, particularly full-time teaching work, is just too much for me. So, I wasn't looking to replace a full-time teaching income, just a 0.61. And after four years, I feel really confident in saying that I've achieved some of that first goal of the contribution to the conversation about teacher wellbeing, but I am still a really long way from achieving the second goal of replacing my 0.6 teacher income. So I do have a big vision with self-care for teachers, but it's actually more like a calling. And the truth is that over the last four years, I've tried to quit self-care for teachers more times than I can count. Yes, it's a labor of love, but it's also been hard work. And because of that, and because of the other you know, demands on my life and my health, I have privately given up multiple times. Except every time I do, the call won't leave me alone. So, in its four years of life, self-care for teachers has had a few iterations. Like I said, it started as a Facebook group and until very, very recently, it never actually paid its expenses consistently, let alone me. At least now we're getting more to the side of at least covering its own expenses, which is great. But still, there's a big financial gap there. And I don't tell you that to whinge or to seek pity. I just want to shed a little light into the reality of it because I know that a lot of people have all sorts of ideas about what a social media following and podcast downloads and interviews on ABC radio actually mean. I know because I get the private messages and the direct messages from people asking me to teach them how I've done what I've done because they want to quit their teaching job too and start a website and live off that. And sometimes I laugh at those messages and sometimes I cry because I don't want you to quit your teaching job to start a website and a business coaching teachers on well-being because chances are really, really good that it will cost you more than it makes you in dollars and it will use up a lot of your other precious resources and energy and time too, at least in the short term. And, you know, I don't say this purely from my own experience. I've been in the online business space with other people attempting similar stuff for five or six years now in various iterations And I know that entrepreneurial poverty is a very, very real thing and it's more common than you think. And I also know that the Facebook ads selling you the get-rich-quick schemes are as seductive as they are dangerous. I know. Financial security is incredibly important for your mental and physical health. Quitting your teaching job for the promise of an online business and the bliss, you know, the lifestyle business bliss that they sell you, it's not all it's cut out to be. And if I wasn't sure about that by now, my recent podcast interview with Gabby Stroud 
really cemented this for me. I'll pop a link in the show notes to Gabby's episodes if you haven't listened to them yet, but I highly recommend that you do. But just now I want to play you a clip from that episode that really cements this point. Gabby has seen the same thing and she knows like I do the strain that it puts on your life when you leave your steady teacher paycheck behind. One of the most important challenges that I think every teacher should contemplate before they sort of think, oh, I'm going to quit and and, uh, all my problems will go away is money and finance because no matter how stressful teaching is, being broke is really, 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 really scary. And I say that from experience because, you know, shortly after I left teaching, my husband and I also divorced. And, you know, so finances were really, really, really tight. And it's, you know, it's been a few years now and I'm only just now beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel there. And that's really, really frightening. So for any teacher out there who's sort of thinking, oh, I'm going to pull the pin and life will be great, you know, really, you've got to do the maths. And in hindsight, I probably would have been better off going part-time, downsizing my workload, you know, looking for other roles that I could do within the school, you know, even swapping down, switching to a different school and becoming a teacher aide, something like that, you know, but when you just totally wipe that teacher income, it's not necessarily about the dollars, it's about that security that that regular paycheck provides. So, you know, I really want to put that out there to to teachers and and my psychologist at that time said to me um, when I said, look, I've got to get out. I can't do it anymore. I can't breathe. My heart's racing. I think I'm having a heart attack, you know, and her question to me was, well, you know, you need to do the maths because I can guarantee no matter how stressed you are now, it will be more stressful if you can't make your mortgage repayment. So I'm going to talk a little bit more at the end of the episode that if you are thinking about leaving teaching to start something up online, I want you to talk to me first, right? Please just get in touch, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But right now, I want to share with you my vision and some of the ways I'm changing things here at Self-Care for Teachers in light of that vision and how you can help. So I mentioned at the start that I have a vision for education in this country. It's been surprisingly difficult to put into words because there are so many voices in my head telling me to stay quiet to stop dreaming so big and to not be disruptive, right? Be the good girl, pipe down, don't rock the boat. But I'm increasingly aware that a rising tide lifts all boats and in this country, we're not very nice to people in boats and I'm not okay with that. That's a bit of a side note, but still, the quiet, steady call stays really persistent for me. It won't go away despite the fact that I've tried to quit. So here's the vision as it currently stands. And I reserve the right to tweak this and change this going forward. Like I said, it's been really hard to put into words, but here's the vision. I want state schools to be fairly funded and the students with the most disadvantage, the most need, I want them not to be forgotten, but truly and equitably supported as well as the adults doing that support work. We need to be supporting the people who are doing that work to help those disadvantaged kids. That's like the baseline, right? That's the bare minimum vision. The next one is I want politicians to put aside their political careers and their short-term election strategies and actually focus on long-term changes that benefit our whole country. That one might be wishful thinking, but we'll see how we go. I really want the media to respect teachers. 
I actually think that this is changing already and I'm so pleased about it, but we still have a long way to go. And I think that the media changing their approach to teachers will also impact the level of respect teachers receive in society. So that's the next point. I want teachers to be respected by society and especially by the parents of the children with whom they work. That is just so crucial. I also want parents to have adequate support to deal with their own lives. And I think that, you know, my vision involves help with the burnout problem that plagues people in all careers in modern life. It's not just teachers. It definitely applies to working parents. It definitely applies to lots of other helping professions, but it applies all over the place. And I think we need to, as a society, look at that. I also have a vision for more teachers, more time given to doing the work that is actually meaningful and valuable. And yes, we will have some standardized testing and useful data, but it won't be the forefront or at the expense of the relationships or the well-being or the deep learning that we know, you and I know, is what teaching is really about. We'll be given the autonomy and the time and the resources to implement best practice from around the world, which, you know, is basically sometimes the opposite of the one-size-fits-all, follow America's lead approach that we have now, but actually... I know that we are moving in the right direction there. It's just, it's only in pockets and I'd like to see it across the board. And finally, my vision is that we will retain teachers because it will become an attractive career choice once more because it's not right now. We know that the, the research shows us that the university, you know, selection of teaching going forwards is dropping year on year. And we know that we're heading towards a teacher shortage if we don't do something about that, because also we have our veteran teachers who are retiring. And then we have in the middle a whole lot of people who don't hang around very long because it's bloody hard and it burns people out. So my vision would be that we once again have teaching as an attractive career choice and therefore we retain teachers. And it will not only be because of professional pay, but because of great working conditions, because the workload will be reasonable, because teachers will be given professional autonomy and will be able to get back to the magic of working in classrooms, which again is something that Gabby Stroud mentioned in her episode. So that's my vision. You know, dream big, right? I know that this is long-term changes. I know that some of it's a little bit pie in the sky, but I figure if I shoot for the moon and I miss, at least we end up on the stars. All right, cliches aside, I want to tell you about the journey that I've taken to get to here and to be even able to articulate that much of my vision. As you may know, I crowdfunded season five of the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, and I had dabbled with some sponsors in season three and four, and I'd played around with Patreon, but it was that possible campaign in March 2019 that really helped click some of this thinking into gear for me. Up until this year, I will and continue to describe the whole self-care for teachers thing as a hobby business. It's made little bits of money in dribs and drabs, but for the most part, it's been the money I made freelancing. Well, actually, initially, it was the money I was making while I was teaching because I stayed teaching for a good 18 months, two years before going, you know, quote unquote, full time with self-care for teachers. But that didn't last very long because it wasn't making enough money. So, I started freelancing. And mostly in the last two years, it's been the freelancing that has kept self-care for teachers afloat. And mostly what kept me afloat personally was my wonderful, hardworking husband, Stuart. If it was not for him and his income, then this whole thing would have been kaput from the start. So my freelance work started to take off and require more of my time and energy, and I let it because it was rewarding and enjoyable, and I could mostly switch off at the end of the day. 
Not entirely. Again, I don't want to sell a lie about working for yourself or online business as it's some kind of perfect lifestyle, live on the beach, sipping cocktails, never have to do any work crap. But I certainly didn't have the mental load that you have from teaching. And initially, I was actually really ashamed of this freelancing work, like really very ashamed of it. I was embarrassed that I wasn't making enough money to pay all the bills with self-care for teachers. And I really didn't want you, anyone who is listening to this, I didn't want you to find out about that. I felt like such a fraud. I felt that the small number of coaching clients that I had would think that I was a charlatan if they knew that I wasn't coaching all day, every day. And I was really afraid that nobody else would ever listen to me if they knew that I didn't have thousands of coaching clients filling up my timetable. And then in 2018, a range of life and health stuff happened that meant I just simply wasn't in a great headspace myself. Like I said, I mentioned earlier the dog bite, but there was a few other things that just sent me into a bit of a tailspin. And so I stopped coaching altogether for a while. I missed it, but I knew that I wasn't my best self and I really didn't have the emotional capacity last year to show up fully to my clients. And I stand by that decision because I take my responsibility as a coach extremely seriously. It's very important work. And if I'm not mentally or emotionally fit to be coaching, then I'll, you know, I'll take a step back until I'm able to safely and responsibly hold space for clients again. And thankfully, I'm back in that space again. But you know, I reserve the right in the future if life happens and things go a bit haywire, then again, I'll make that choice if it needs to be made. And so my freelance work was doing okay financially and I focused there. But despite winding back my self-care for teachers coaching services, I kept on with the content creation because, like I've mentioned repeatedly, the damn idea would not leave me alone. I tried to quit more than once last year, but it would not leave me alone. And I felt that by at least continuing with the podcast and the social media presence, at least I was still answering the call in some way and making a contribution in some way, helping people in some way, even if I wasn't working one-on-one with them. So that calling that I felt way back between the tectonic plates in Iceland was really about making a difference to education and educators across Australia. And some things have changed since then, but mostly it's as necessary now as it was then. As 2019 dawned, I realized that I felt a renewed energy and sense of that call to self-care for teachers and to make a difference to teachers in Australia, but I knew I couldn't do it the way that I'd done it before. As I've mentioned, I can't DIY everything. I can't be continuing with this kind of boom and bust cycle of revenue. And slowly as the year has progressed, things have been looking up again for self-care for teachers because I've, you know, started coaching again and I've really enjoyed working with the small number of teachers that I've been working with privately this year. I've run a couple of workshops here in Toowoomba with my friend and fellow teacher Miranda from Kickstart Martial Arts and Yoga. And of course, I successfully crowdfunded season five of the podcast and outsourced production, which meant that I was able to focus more on the content creation and on making sure that I was doing a good job of being the podcaster without having to also be doing all the work behind the scenes of running the podcast, which is a whole different hat. And it was nice to be able to take that hat off. (laughs) As a result... I've also been able to create more and show up in ways that I couldn't before because I had I was wearing too many of those hats. I've proven to myself what I already had started to suspect, which was that only when self-care for teachers is sustainable in terms of money, time, and energy, only then will I be able to show up as my best self and really make the difference that I want to make. 
I'm not there yet by any means, but I can see the path forward. Unexpectedly, I got an invitation not once but twice this year from ABC Radio Journos in Perth wanting me to comment on teacher stress, teacher well-being and education in Australia. It was really scary, I'm not going to lie, but it was also really exciting and I think it would be remiss of me if I didn't acknowledge the hard work that I've put in to get to the point where I feel I deserve these opportunities. Like this is four years in, right? This didn't just fall in my lap. It was unexpected, but it wasn't luck. And I'm not really, again, I'm not interested in selling a narrative that paints it as such because I know there are people out there who sell the luck. You know, oh, overnight success, it was so easy for me, crap. So I've showed up, I've worked hard over several years. I've spent my own time, money and energy learning and sharing what I'm learning and producing content and having a presence online. And that's why that happened. And remember my goals when I began self-care for teachers were to make a consistent contribution to the teacher wellbeing conversation in Australia and replace my teaching income. So I think I've contributed consistently to this conversation in many ways. And at the very least, I know I've made a difference to a couple of thousands of you who follow me on social media and listen to the podcast regularly. I know because you tell me and thank you so much to those of you who do reach out and tell me because it does make my day and it does keep me going on the days when I feel like quitting. And it's worth it to me. Really, that is worth it to me. But I absolutely want to do more in the future. And in order to do that, I really need to focus more on that goal too, on that financial security side of things. And so I'm still doing the freelancing. In fact, you know, it's now called Perk Digital and I help people with podcasts and I love it and I'm not going to stop doing that. But I'm looking to step back a little bit so that that's no longer the full-time thing and I'm more doing part-time of each rather than what's happening at the moment and what's really been happening for the last 18 months, which is that freelance work has been the main gig and self-care for teachers has been a real, you know, little side project. And I want to bring it back to the fore or at least back to being not quite so on the side and have both going at once in a much more sustainable way. So, I'm making some changes in order to do that, making some changes in my freelance work, but I'm also making some changes to self-care for teachers. So as of the 1st of October 2019, my coaching prices are going to go up. And I know that coaching is already something that's outside of the financial reach of some of you. And that's why I always offer a few pro bono spots. So if that's something you are interested in, there is a link on my coaching page to apply for a scholarship position, a pro bono coaching spot. And I also know that some of you will have been sitting on the fence about working with me. So consider this a really great time to jump in, book a discovery call, you know, book a coaching package with me before the price rise. But also secondly, because I don't want finances to be a barrier to accessing information and inspiration for your well-being, nothing's going to change about the podcast or the resource room freebies library. They will both remain free for you. So that's my commitment to you. Those are my free offerings so that you can access them anytime you need without having finances be a barrier. Other than the podcast, the freebies library has by far been the most popular thing that I've created. The free trainings will remain there in the vault for you to access anytime you need, as well as some of my worksheets and other resources too. But what is going to change, I'm going to think more carefully about how I finance the podcast going forward. So I am going to do another crowdfunding campaign, but I'm probably also going to revisit the idea of sponsors. So I'm kind of keeping all doors open there, wanting to make sure that this is a sustainable offering going forward. And I really have felt this year, because I wasn't having to do all the editing and production myself as well, I really felt that I was better able to do 
I guess, more content creation, more of the podcaster side of things as opposed to the producer side of things. And I can see that if I can make that more consistent with staying in just wearing the podcaster hat, then I'll be able to do more seasons or, or maybe one day, maybe even go to not seasons at all, just like a regular podcast. But I can see that I can have more podcasts put out there, you know, more regular podcasts anyway, whether it's in seasons or whatever format, if I'm not having to wear the producer, editor, you know, hat as well. So, yeah, I'm keeping all the doors open there, but I'm really looking at keeping at least the crowdfunding going. We'll see about sponsors. We'll see. The other thing I'm doing is I'm putting any new resources that I create, as well as much of what's already on the freebies library, onto my Teachers Pay Teachers store. So, If you truly can't afford it, that's fine. You can sign up to the freebies library. And like I said, all of that will remain for the low price of your email address. You'll be able to access that going forwards. But I can see that Teachers Pay Teachers is a fantastic marketplace and I've ignored it for a while, but I think there's some opportunities there that I'd like to explore. So we'll see. And if I'm going to continue to produce resources that will be free elsewhere, then I need to look at, you know, every income generating opportunity and Teachers Pay Teachers is a really logical one. And after years of not offering in-school wellbeing programs, you know, professional development programs, I'm now opening myself up to the possibility of that as well. I've realized that some of the reasons I was holding back from offering in-school workshops and PDs, they don't have to hold me back. Some of those reasons have either resolved or things have changed or I've, I've seen things differently. So I actually can offer some PD and do it in the way that I want to do it with the boundaries and expectations that I feel are needed in order for it to be in integrity for me. And I'm really grateful in particular to Katrina Burke from Katrina Burke Coaching for helping me see that. So thank you, Katrina. And if you or your school is interested in having me bring my particular brand of well-being to your school, then please do reach out and get in touch. Send an email to hello at selfcareforteachers.com.au. I'd love to hear from you and discuss the possibilities further. So, something that people do ask me, particularly in the last 18 months, particularly people in the business world, not so much teachers, but people in the business world who know that it's not my full-time thing, like that I've been doing all this freelance work and and they just say to me, why are you keeping self-care for teachers open? Like, why are you bothering with this if it's not bringing you in full-time income? And it's a valid question. It really is. But yeah, the reason is basically that that annoying call won't leave me alone. And also because I'm really angry. I'm actually really angry about the fact that we, as a country, are in this position. Australia's kids are overtested and anxious and depressed and unprepared for the jobs of the future. Our teachers are burnt out and depressed and anxious alcoholics who leave the profession or worse, stay and don't get better. And all the while contributing to a culture where we suck it up and soldier on and don't practice self-care and then burn out. Successive governments have focused more on their election prospects than on actually implementing what we know is good practice and educationally sound, like fair funding and focusing on quality teaching and learning, not data, and not that pernicious term of teacher quality, which is totally different. And I think that successive governments continue to waste money on this teacher quality, teacher well-being idea so that they can tick a box, but they're ignoring the real problem of workload and the well-being issues that causes and the societal issues that cause behavior issues in classrooms, not to mention the huge amount of taxpayer dollars that go towards subsidizing education degrees and teaching teachers, you know, teacher training courses 
only to have teachers leave within a few years of entering the profession because of the unreasonable demands of the system, which means all that wonderful taxpayer money that gets invested in someone who doesn't pursue it because the system is broken, because the demands are unreasonable. And people don't see that. I think that's invisible. And that's something that I want to do something about. I'm also angry that our society at large doesn't respect teachers. And we have produced a generation of entitled kids, but more than that, we've produced a generation somehow of parents who are not only, you know, difficult and entitled, but who actually assault teachers. How did we get here? That just seems crazy to me. And I want to do something about that at a systemic level, however that's going to look. It's not an easy answer. It's a wicked problem, right? There's no easy answers to that, but damn it, I want to do something about it. And I know that it has to do with politics at some level. I know a lot of people get turned off by politics. I know that the union movement is a bit on the nose in Australia. And I want to be clear, this is not about unions or party politics at all. But the fact remains that it's at the policy level that real change will come to our education system. Self-care is crucial to us as individuals, as individual educators and individual teachers, and school wellbeing programs are really valuable in their own way. But it's band-aid on symptoms. It's the political systemic level where things will really change. And that should not be compromised, but right now it is. I also know that some of you do have an interest in doing this and speaking up about this, but you can't. You can't speak up because you work for the government or you work for a you know a school system that has codes of conduct. You can't have an opinion on social media. You can't be political in any way. And you have to keep your job because you need to put food on the table. You need to pay your mortgage. I get that. But I just happen to be independent from all of that. I no longer work for any of the school systems. I'm not bound by their codes of conduct. And I intend to keep it that way so that I can continue to show up on ABC radio or whatever serious media outlet will have me and be your voice. I want to be able to speak with politicians and influence education policy for the better without fearing for my income or whether or not my family can pay the mortgage because I've broken some code of conduct. But in order to be able to do that, I have to change the way I'm going about things and I ask for your support to continue. If it's not for you, if the direction that I'm taking with this doesn't resonate, that's totally okay. You are free to unfollow. That's completely your choice. But if it is for you, I invite you to lean in, right? I invite you to pay more attention, communicate more with me because I can't be your voice if I don't know what you want me to say. But I also invite you to look at other ways that you can contribute that maybe don't involve sticking your head above the code of conduct stuff. So what am I going to do going forwards? Well, for start, I'm going to take the best damn care of myself that I ever have. My health has been a series of ongoing challenges in my adult life, and I know from repeated first-hand experience that when I'm not well, I can't do any of this. And I've had some big wake-up calls in the last 12 months and even some more ahas in the last four weeks about what these health conditions are and how they're actually not. There's going to be no miracle cures for me, right? I just need to continue to do what I'm doing and look after myself. First and foremost, take care of me so I can keep showing up, right? I've got to walk my talk on this and it's not a matter of nice to have, it's a must have. I'm also going to continue to research and study and learn about what science tells us is good for human bodies and human minds, apply it to myself, share it with you and advocate for systems and situations that actually allow other people to do that too. 
I'm going to charge more for the value that I give to the world and I'm going to stop feeling ashamed of needing money to survive in this world. I'm going to get more support behind the scenes with self-care for teachers so that the admin and the tech stuff is less of a drain on me and I'm going to ask for your help so I don't have to do it alone or burn myself out in the process or choose between making an impact and you know making an income that can pay for the website and all the other bits and pieces that happen to make self-care for teachers show up online, let alone put food on the table. Those two things, making an impact and making an income, are not mutually exclusive and I will not continue to perpetuate the patterns of martyrdom that have been really prevalent in my life and which I know are also prevalent in a lot of schools as well. It's a hard habit to break, I tell you, but I'm working on it. I'm also going to explore, you know, some different business models, some things like social enterprise I'm looking at more seriously to reach the triple bottom line. You know, because a business can be good for people and the planet and still make a profit. Like I said, it's not mutually exclusive. And how great will it be when self-care for teachers does that? But finally, I'm also going to stop feeling ashamed for having a voice that I want to use in this world and the privilege to actually be able to do that. Hopefully, it will make a difference to education in this country. But regardless of the outcome, I'm going to give it my best shot anyway. I'm not really sure... I even know why I'm telling you this other than that sense of the calling thing again. I feel like I need to be honest about this because truth, transparency, and integrity are three of my highest values. And I know that over the years, sometimes that's gotten a little bit mixed up and I have had a tendency to overshare in the past, which I know has turned some people away and I get it because it's, yeah, oversharing is not cool. But I also know that the times that I've gotten really honest and vulnerable and talked about my values and my vision and have done that, you know, honestly, I know that those times has brought the right people forward to join me and to help and support me in this too. There's a part in chapter nine of Brendan Bouchard's book, High Performance Habits, that I think really speaks clearly to this. So, the chapter is a bit of a smackdown about holding back because of a fear of success, which I've definitely been guilty of, but also a fear of making others feel bad or jealous, like that tall poppy thing that we have in Australia. So on working with an Olympic gold medalist, Brendan Bouchard, the author of the book, asked when the biggest gains came in that person's career. And she said, when I finally started voicing my dreams to do this, suddenly people started pointing me in the right direction. They told me what to do, what skills I would need, who I should talk to, what equipment the pros use, who the best coaches are. I learned that if you open your mouth and shout from the rooftops what you want to do with your life, sure, some village idiots will show up and shout back all the reasons why you can't, but all the village leaders come over and want to help. Well, village leaders, I'm letting you know now what I want to do with my life. Feel free to get in touch. So let's talk about how you can help. If you have some dollars and you like what I'm doing and you want to see it continue, feel free to send some of those dollars my way. You can do so in the following ways. So you can buy one or more of my products on Teachers Pay Teachers. And you can do that even if you are a member of the Freebies Library already. You can also buy a ticket to one of my workshops or join my programs or book some coaching with me if you feel called to do so. Remember that the coaching prices are going up on the 1st of October. So get in quick if that is something that you want to get in before the price rise. But you can also actually buy some coaching for somebody else. If you don't want it for yourself, but you feel like it could be a good thing for somebody less fortunate, 
get in touch with me because I do have a pay it forward program and that's something that I haven't really talked much about, but I'm going to do that more. I'm going to publicize that more. There's a pay it forward program. Like I said, I have scholarships and, and pro bono coaching for people. So get in touch if you don't feel you need coaching for yourself, but you'd like to purchase some for somebody else. Plus, you can contribute to any of my crowdfunding efforts as we go forward. So stay in touch to find out about Season 6 Crowdfunder and anything else coming forward. You could also sponsor an episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast in the coming season if you're interested in that as well. Send me an email, hello at selfcareforteachers.com.au. Now, if you don't have dollars to spare, I want you to know that that is totally okay, right? None of this is supposed to make you feel bad about that. I've been there. I absolutely get it. And I want to be of use to you anyway, because I know how important financial health is to overall health and well-being. I don't want you to overextend yourself when it comes to the finances just so that you can support this thing, right? So sign up to the freebies library on the resource room. If you're feeling you need some help and you don't have the resources to purchase it, right? It's free for a reason. There's heaps on there that can help you. Please take advantage of that. You can also apply for one of the pro bono or scholarship spots in my coaching programs. Get in touch about that. Like I said, there's a link on the coaching page to apply for that. You can also, one of the easiest ways you can help support me is to leave an honest rating and review of the podcast in your favorite podcast app. You could even, if you wanted to go this far, download multiple apps and put reviews all over the place on all the apps, (laughs) if you like. You can leave a rating and review on my Teachers Pay Teachers page or on, on the products and an honest rating and review on the Facebook page, the Google page, or give me a recommendation on LinkedIn. I'm open to all of those things and they're free ways that you can just help boost the the visibility of this and keep it going. So there's heaps of ways that you can contribute and help this mission, this self-care for teachers thing continue without having to spend a cent. And like I said, if you don't have dollars to spare, that's totally okay. I absolutely get it. And to all of you, I want you to be part of this conversation with me. Let me know your thoughts on updates in education policy and that sort of thing. If you want to have a voice, but for whatever reason you feel that you can't right now, or you're bound by codes of conduct and you can't speak publicly, let me know that too, right? If and when I get opportunities to speak publicly, I know what matters to you. I started Self-Care for Teachers to be a part of the conversation, but a conversation that is only one way is pretty boring. And the podcast, obviously, there are conversations between two people in the interviews, But when you're listening, it's only one way, right? (laughs) You can speak back to your podcatcher, but I won't hear your feedback unless you actually send it to me. And thank you to those of you who have been doing that. I genuinely do want to hear from you and it genuinely does make my day. But it also helps me craft what I'm doing going forwards because you let me know what you want to hear, what topics you like, and you nominate guests and all of that. So please keep speaking to me and stay a part of this conversation. I want to know what matters to Australian teachers when the Prime Minister calls me for my advice. When, not if. That's going to happen one day. I do have a few acknowledgements as well. So to all of you who have been part of this journey so far, thank you. If you're listening, if this is your first episode, or if you've listened to every single one, binge listened like I know some of you do, thank you. To those of you that I've worked with one-on-one, to the guests on my podcast and to the teachers who come to my workshops and live webinars, it has been such a pleasure connecting with you and getting to know you. I appreciate it so much. And to those of you who haven't had direct contact with me, but 
you know, you've gotten something out of the various resources that I've put online. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up for you to make a change in your life. But also thanks for showing up for me and downloading something and hopefully finding it of use. In particular, to Katrina Burke, Trudy from Teachers Thriving and Katie from See Me, Know Me, Teach Me, thank you for your ongoing friendship, advice and collegiality. The Teacher Wellbeing Podcast has by far been the best professional networking that I have ever done and I'm so grateful that it also led to my friendships with you. And to my friends and family for your continual support, thank you. Your little messages of encouragement mean so much to me, as do your gentle and kind suggestions to course correct when I need to. So please keep that up. To mum and dad and Naomi, thanks for making me laugh, laughing with me when I cry, and listening to me endlessly prattle about my plans and ideas. And thank you also for being continued examples of the power of a great public school education combined with a safe, happy home and ongoing personal growth. May every Australian child be so lucky. And last but not least, in fact, the most, thank you to Stuart, without whom this quite literally would not have continued the last three years. So thanks, honey. Okay, now for some very practical updates about where we're going. So I've spoken now in this episode about my vision for the future of self-care for teachers and for education in Australia. It's a long road and I know it's going to take time and all of us working together to achieve. For the short term, basically the next 6 to 12 months, I'm just going to double down on what's working already and really work at finishing some big projects that I have had started for ages but haven't gotten around to finish. So if you've been following for a few years, you may remember me talking about my book a lot in 2017, but it kind of fell by the wayside last year. But I'm going to dip my toes back into that water this year and without any particular timeline of finishing it by any dates, I'm just going to return to writing that book. There's also a bunch of other really practical things that need to be done too, like fixing a bunch of broken stuff on the website and you know, going back and tweaking a few things with episodes of the podcast from previous seasons and broken links and, and updating intros and that sort of thing. So those things will just happen slowly over the next few months. And of course, I'm going to be coaching. As I mentioned earlier, the prices of coaching will rise the 1st of October. So if that's something you've been thinking about, then I highly recommend booking in a free discovery call so we can get to know each other and find out if coaching is a good fit for you. You can do that at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash coaching. And of course, that's for both life and well-being coaching packages and the accountability coaching packages. So check them out on the website, get in touch sooner rather than later if that's something you're interested in. But on a kind of different coaching front, and I did allude to this earlier, as you know, my main gig currently is helping business owners with their online content, including podcasts, blogs, video series, online courses, all of that. I've been hanging out in this online business world for about six years now. It started as a hobby when I had my first blog back in 2013, and I did my coaching qualifications in 2014. And since then, I have learned so much, and I've backed this up with some qualifications in the last two years from some real experts in the field of digital marketing. So don't get me wrong, I do not want you to leave the classroom. Really, that's what I started Self-Care for Teachers for. That's the whole point, is to keep you there and to keep you well. But I also know that some of you are already thinking about leaving the classroom, and I know how seductive and how dangerous and how completely shady some of the people advertising to you on Facebook are. There is a very real dark side to this industry, and I've experienced shades of it, and I've also seen it nearly bankrupt people, seriously. 
I do not want you to leave the classroom, but my God, if you're going to, and if you're going to try and set up some kind of online business or online platform, then I want you to get some decent advice from trustworthy places and not set yourself up for failure. Entrepreneurial poverty is very real and I do not want it to happen to you. So, if you are thinking about setting up some kind of teacher-related online platform and you don't know where to start, I want you to get in touch with me. At the very least, maybe you and I can have a couple of coaching sessions and I can at least point you in the right direction, let you know who's trustworthy in this industry and who is a snake oil salesman. I've spent a good proportion of the last two years working with some wonderful people, helping them produce podcasts, helping them get their online curriculum out there. And there are people that I'm very confident recommending who I know have integrity and are not going to just charge you a ridiculous exorbitant price for something that's pretty crummy quality. A good rule of thumb, if somebody appears in your Facebook feed, be very sus. It doesn't mean that they are dodgy, but like I said, there are snake oil salesmen people out there, so just be really careful. And if you are thinking about leaving the classroom to set up some kind of online thing, please book a discovery call with me. Again, the place to do that is selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash coaching. We can have a couple of coaching sessions and maybe I can at least point you in the right direction. And finally, as this is the end of the season of season five of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, I'm starting the process of booking guests for season six. In particular, I'm really looking for teacher stories of how you have overcome wellbeing challenges, made changes in your life and habits, and perhaps even changed schools, and how that helped you find more work-life balance and cultivate more health and happiness as a teacher. Well, yes, I do like to share the work and stories of people who are now working to support teachers and I will continue to do so, I know that it's important to you to keep hearing the stories of people who are still in the classroom working on staying people first and teachers second and still doing a fantastic job while staying healthy and happy. I also know that many of you don't think of yourself as having a story because it's just your life, right? You feel like it's not special, but I want you to know that your story does matter and that sharing it does help others. There are people listening to this podcast who are feeling wobbly in their well-being and who are struggling at the moment. And I know because they tell me, I know that hearing the stories of people who have overcome well-being challenges and stayed in the classroom really matters to them. It's inspiring and motivating and sometimes it gives people an idea of something they could implement in their own life that could really make the difference for them. And I also know that you might be worried about your privacy and confidentiality which is a totally fair thing. And if that's the case, I want you to know you can share your story anonymously. There have been a couple of guests who've done that over the past five seasons who haven't used their real name and we omitted other personal details and and segments of the story to keep the private information private. So if that's you, but you still feel you'd like to share your story, then please let me know. I'm fully on board with you doing so anonymously and keeping your confidential information confidential. So all that to say, if you want to share your teacher wellbeing story in season six of the podcast, then I would love to hear from you. Please email me hello at selfcareforteachers.com.au and we can chat about it. And while we're on the topic of the next season, as I've mentioned, I'm going to be crowdfunding it just like I did for season five. So stay tuned for that probably around October, November. I'm going to take a little break to recalibrate and then I'll be getting organized for that. So stay tuned if you're not already on my newsletter mailing list, please sign up for that and or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Self-Care for Teachers so you can find out when that happens and together we can get the next season off the ground. I'm also going to be 
looking at my audio setup going forward because there have been a couple of episodes this season with subpar audio on my end. Thankfully, not the guest ends, which is a bit ironic considering podcasting is such a huge part of my other business these days. But, you know, sometimes audio glitches just happen. There's definitely more I can do on that. So rest assured, I'm onto it. Finally, thank you for spending some of your precious time with me today. More and more, I am realizing that time is the number one most important and most unrenewable resource that we have. And I'm so grateful you've chosen to spend some of your time listening to this podcast today, hearing about my vision for the future. And I'm proud of you for taking some time out to keep you on the priority list too. My hope for you between now and the next season is that you continue to do that. May you continue to look after you, to take time to meet your own needs, to acknowledge and account for all the invisible work that you do, and to rest and recover and replenish from it as well. May you remember that going forwards. May you hold space for yourself and for others. May you be gentle on yourself and on each other. And may you remember that you are a person first and a teacher second, and you are so worthy of your own care. See you next season. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher well-being and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. Season five of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is proudly supported by Katrina Burke Coaching, Teachers Thriving, Zoe from My Smart Community, Jessica from Lead and Inspire, and Katie from See Me, Know Me, Teach Me. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second, and you are worthy of your own care.